0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, Thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 67th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to touch on today is UFC. had uh, UFC 211 last week. Pretty good pay-per-view, uh, if you ask me. I had some pretty good fights in that one. Uh, so the first fight we're about to talk about in this one is Damian Maia versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Darnell, you were talking about it earlier last week, man. You think this was going to be a good one. Uh, just what were your overall thoughts on this fight? I got what I expected out of it. Uh, it was, you know, started out as a decent little chess match.
1: Uh, I was surprised at how easily Maya was still able to get, uh, Masvidal down. Uh, especially he has more of a awkward, uh, wrestling base. I mean, he doesn't do the traditional Shoots for a double or a single. He he just kind of latches on to you in a weird way and, and gets people down. But you know, I have shown and proved that like he's the hottest fighter right now in the world. Of the division. Yeah.
0: Now was perfect. Okay, yeah, he's seven and zero now, seven and zero tear right now. Uh, so yeah, he's doing his thing right now in that division. um this was a split decision fight. Uh, do you think in feeling any way that Masvidal won or do you still side without Maya on this one or how did, just how do you feel about that split decision? No, I, I, I didn't agree with it being a split decision. I'm not okay. sure
1: how, how anybody judges that for anybody other than, than Maya. Yeah. He, he controlled most of the fight. I'm not saying like he just destroyed, uh, Masvidal, but it, it seemed clear to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that one too. Uh yeah, just feel like he just controlled uh good amount of all the aspects up in the fight. So I gave it up to Maya as well uh pretty clearly for me. Now, he asked for it after the fight. Uh just talking about he wanted a championship fight with Woodley. Uh do you think he's ready for him, man? I mean, he's as ready as he'll ever be. Like I've never seen him look better
1: in the ring than he is right now. I like, I, I would dare to say he's probably the most dangerous, uh, brown guy possible in UFC history. Mm. <laughs> he, he's just not that good. But, uh, I mean, you were talking about it, uh, recently, Woodley is basically impossible to get to the ground. Yeah. It's like a career 95% takedown, uh, defensive takedown percentage. Yep. So, uh, it would be interesting, uh, Especially, like I said, he, he's awkward with his, his wrestling as far as getting a takedown. Uh, he's good at keeping people down and keeping control when he does it. But uh, Woodley seems to be a bit of a Rubik's cube there as far as how to get him on the ground and if you do, how to keep him there. Uh, Woodley's a different kind of athlete for this division. Like he's, he's probably the best athlete in, in the division. Uh, so I guess we'll come down to, uh, how does Maya get in inside to get a hold of? Because Woodley, Woodley's boxing is very good and we already know about his power. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's a fight I want to see just so I want to see how these, these two styles would match up. i probably still lean Woodley, yeah. but, uh, well, Maya's been proving people wrong on, on this whole tear. Like I say, he looks better than he's ever looked.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, just with what you just say, looks better than he's ever looked. Uh, this guy's 39 years old, man. It just <laughs> looks absolutely amazing in that ring. So uh just, just basically just to repeat what you said, um I'm going to be looking forward to that fight. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more moving on after we touch on the other couple of fights. uh But really going to be interesting to see if he can get a hold of – uh Woodley and take him down once they get into the ring. Because, you know, we was talking about earlier, man. Woodley, that guy has amazing defensive takedowns. So, uh, this is going to be good to see if he can crack that Rubik's cube for Woodley. And if he can do that, that will definitely help, help a lot with his chances to win. So, but yeah, man, uh, Damian might is looking good. Uh, hopefully he can keep it up in this next fight with Woodley. Um, if Dana White does yeah. indeed keep his word. So.
1: Yeah, he's having that rare. Like Randy Couture like Renaissance for himself. So. Yeah. It's cool to see.
0: Yeah. Alright, up next we're about to talk about JJ versus Andrade. Uh this was a JJ did her thing in this fight, man, don't get me wrong. But I was just impressed with uh Andrade how earlier, man, she was taking her down with ease. I mean it didn't look like she was just breaking a sweat, which is how she was just grabbing a hold of her taking down. But JJ is JJ. Uh she was she got right back up as soon as she was taken down to the floor and stood up to start hitting him with those combos and had good footwork and was doing her thing against Jessica Andrade. So JJ being JJ again, man, she keeps that streak going.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, she showed why uh, she's a champ for sure. Uh, beating her own record for, uh, significant strikes landed in a championship fight. Uh, but yeah, uh, Andrade, she, she showed her toughness. She was, she was game for everything, but just, you could just see the talent level starting to show as, as the fight mm-hmm. went on. Yeah. Uh, Andrade tried to go to her strengths, which is her strength early, uh, trying to go for those takedowns, seeing if she could, uh, impose her, her strength on JJ, but, uh, she was able to always get up. And when she found her range and was able to just, Start landing and doing what she needed to do. She, she cleaned up, uh, but she, she took her shots early. She had the mouse on her forehead to last the whole fight.
0: Yeah. But it's JJ. He's
1: still a champ.
0: Yeah. Now, with this, uh, do you think that her next fight is going to be against, uh, Godelia again, or is there somebody else you would like to see her face or what? Uh, I believe uh, God, she's sure. number one right now. Uh, for I'm not position, sure.
1: So. I'm not sure if she's deserving of another one just after how she, how badly she faded the, the last fight. Yeah. I mean, it, she, she showed, it was impressive the first couple rounds, uh, especially the first round when she, uh, stunned her and, and was controlling the takedown. But, you know, it, it got, it got pretty lopsided by the end of the fight. So I'm, I'm not sure if, if she's, uh, should be the one that's, that's next up. Uh, not sure who I would put in there next, but not sure if I would put it back to her body.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I can definitely understand what you're saying, man. Uh, Goodell, you know, she's had two fights against her and she's lost both of them, but, uh, you know, that was the closest one to, beating JJ, but, you know, she ended up gassing uh, after about the third round in uh, her last fight with her, so, yeah, she will have to definitely step her conditioning up if she wants to uh take that belt away from JJ, but, yeah, it's hard to say, man, because even though she was um the closest one to beating JJ, she already had two chances, and could be somebody else out there they could be looking at to possibly have her challenge uh JJ for the belt, so. Alright, up next we have JDS versus Miochik. Uh, this was a quick fight, man. We was talking about that last week, how both of these guys could have possibly finished the fight earlier. Um, but yeah, just thoughts on this one.
1: Miochik is, is coming into his own, uh, and being a champion. Uh, he came in, like you could, you could see he was, he was confident just from walking into the cage and, you know, he, he came in with, but I guess that that Cleveland work ethic, state of mind, brought his lunch pail, got in there, put in his working, and, and got out. Yeah, uh, he wasn't playing. So, and, and it showed he, he put in the work for his training camp, and he was crisp. He he got all up in JDS quick and and put him down quick. Yeah. Uh, easy money for himself.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, that was uh. Just good performance on this part, just to finish JDS quick. Do have a little question mark by, uh, Miyoshik though. Uh, JDS, he did land a couple of, uh, leg kicks in there. Looked like they got to Miyoshik pretty quick. So I just want to see down the road, uh, possibly with this next fight if somebody, uh, continues to start to chop at that leg and continue to go further, deeper into rounds. Uh, well it start to be a uh, problem for Miyocha, uh, further because JDS, he did land some nice little leg kicks in there, uh, that kind of got to Miyocha quick, but, you know, with his hands, if he taps you on your, on your head, uh, it's going to be not, a knockout for him. So, uh, just want to see how his legs can hold up to, uh, some punishment down the road. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying there, but I think that was just more of a surprise just, you know, the Santos
1: doesn't really kick. True. Yeah. So that was, just, that was odd coming into that one. He, he's just not a guy that really goes for leg kicks. So I think that was a wrinkle that he tried to throw in to see if they get something in there that might surprise, um, you know, and, you know, it, it was, it was a new, like I said, a new wrinkle from JDS, but I, I think that was more of a surprise factor than just. Uh, him having bad defense as far as leg kicks.
0: Yeah. Definitely understand where he's coming from there. Cause yeah, JDS, he doesn't really throw those kicks, uh, that much. Uh, you still feeling like Kane can be the, uh, next guy for him, man? I mean, yeah, I think he should be the next guy. Uh, I want to see this
1: fight. Uh, like, uh, for, I'm finally feeling like it, it might be an uphill battle for Kane now. Yeah. Stipe, Steve he seems to be getting better every fight. Uh, yeah. and that's, that's talking about a guy that already has the belt. That's a scary thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one thing that just shocked me, uh, you know, is that Miyoshi he already tied the record for title defenses in that heavyweight division uh, with just two. So I was... uh you know, like I knew, like, the division was, you know, wasn't the strong division and everything like that. And the belts changed quick. But yeah, just two title defenses, man. And, uh, that was it. And he, one more, he'd break the record if he can get the win. So, uh, that was just one thing that stuck out for me. But, uh, yeah, if they can get him and Kane in there, obviously, I would like to see my man Overeem get another shot. Uh, so I would definitely love to hear that. But, uh, you know, Kane Velasquez versus Yoshik um, yoshik that looks like he's getting better and better every time he gets into the ring. Uh, can't go wrong with that one either, man. All right, now, uh, this was something else I just, uh, kind of thought about, too, just on the, uh, just during discussion. But, uh, during the prelims, uh, Eddie Alvarez, he was fighting. And, uh, there was another layer kick controversy, uh, just prior to that, Chris Weidman, uh, had a problem with the leg kicks. Um, do you think with this new rules change with them having uh, one hand down and whatnot? Uh, can you see this possibly being uh, just a problem further down the road, or you think they'll finally get it together or what? Well, the issue with this situation is uh, I forget what your what state were they fighting
1: for the two eleven? Texas. Oh, Texas. Yeah. Texas hasn't adopted the new rule for, uh, and it has to be two hands down. So oh, okay.
0: That's okay. During this
1: card, it was, it was going back to the original rule of one hand was a down fight. Okay. Uh, so, so based on that, yeah. that's why the, the ref had to call a no contest there. Okay. Uh, so, cause this was technically, actually an illegal strike uh, okay. as opposed to Weidman where a hand came off the ground. So he was fair game. Yeah. So uh, it's an issue still, but I mean, the issue is that we have to get all 50 states on the same page, accepting the same and So, so the fighters don't have to think about where they are, uh,
2: yeah.
1: especially the offensive fighter when you're in a situation like that when all you've been hearing is now they have to have two hands on the ground and you go to just a random state and you have to go back to the old rule which you know that your muscle memory changes in yeah. those regards yeah do, do you guys think that they just need to have like a UFC rule book where it's the rules no matter what and not have the state by state decision I mean even if all the states were to be, you know, agreeing with each other on what the rule should be. Do you think there should just be a solid, like, rule book for the UFC that just flat out says what the rule is? That would probably be tough because then they would have to go back to each state to try to get a license to be there if they have their own rule book. Yeah, sure. because uh, okay. the commissions have to be a part of that and it's basically what the because, you know, UFC, they're their own league, but as MMA for a sport, uh, it's probably in the UFC's best interest just to get every state on board because, you know, when they're pulling from smaller leagues and around the states and, uh, even the other two semi-big promotions, they just want to make sure that there's, there's still fluidity there. So they they come in and they they know what they should be doing. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Plus two, man. Uh, you know, I've, we talked about a little bit before. Um, I'm for the uh, Muhammad Ali Act uh, that allow these guys to uh, not just be associated with one brand. So if that would would get passed, um, you know, if they if the states just had one uniform rule, then that would help a lot. So if they if this Ali Act uh, would happen if they whether they're fighting for a UFC bellator or whatever, it'll just be a clean little rule. But it would be nice, uh, if if they if the UFC they could have their own set of rules, but just looking further, uh, that could be a little problem. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. if the Ali were to be enforced upon the uh MMA fighters. So I'm looking at it. Alright, now uh about to get into your man G S P. Uh was kind of talking about this a little bit last week but uh you know how it's sounding Dana doesn't uh he canceled the fight so far with him and Michael bisping uh just what were your thoughts on that man uh wait sorry what was that he broke up a little bit oh uh Dana white uh with him breaking up uh canceling the fight with GSP and bisping uh just what were your thoughts on that
1: I mean I, I guess it, it wasn't crazy uh to see it happen you know we we were talking about it uh a few weeks ago just saying how GSP was trying to hold out till October or November to to fight uh and he was probably getting a lot of pressure from his other 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 middleweight challengers uh so it wasn't surprising to hear the news but uh crazy enough just today uh, an article uh, comes out on MMA Weekly with Mike Michael Bisping saying the cancellation of the fight is news to him. Wow. So, so I think he's he may be trying to throw his weight in as a champion, saying I haven't signed to fight Yoel Romero. I've signed to fight George Saint Pierre, and that's the fight he wants because I like like we spoke about earlier this that's going to drop uh the payout for for Michael a lot. Yep. Uh dropping down from GSP to Yoel Romero. I mean, somebody that is a good fighter and there's no disrespect to his talent. Yeah. But he doesn't have the drawing power of, of GSP. So, uh especially for his return fight after being out of the ring for two years now. Yeah. Uh so I think, uh, this story hasn't been written yet, uh, fully. And, uh, is now saying what he has to say about it. So this, this GSP fight might not be totally
0: dead because you know, people don't want their wallet getting slashed like that. Yeah. I was just about to ask you, do you think this is, uh, most of man being men having an ego's clash and, you know, just. A little bit more time, uh, they'll just cool it down and say, Hey, you know what? Let's focus on the money, get everything right and do it that way. Or how do you feel about that? Well, from Dana White's side is, is definitely probably more of an ego thing. Uh, cause basically from the
1: jump trying to get GSP back into the UFC has been basically a dick measuring contest, with, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with, uh, Dana trying to say GSP doesn't want to fight. His heart's not in it and all this kind of stuff. Where it's just like, Hey, with Dana Way, there's always ridiculous things that happen and you have to try to look at it realistically. Yeah. <laughs> like just from the previous part, it's like, no, Dana, uh, you have the biggest draw you've ever had wanting to come back. He's not going to come back for chump change. You're going to have to pay the guy. Yeah. And, and now with this situation, uh, it, it's still another power move from Dana, but, you know, the the guy holding the belt is not like, hey, you're not just going to take, uh, probably possibly the biggest fight of my, my career away from me where I can retire off of this fight possibly because, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to get a multi-million dollar payday out of it. It's GSP coming back. Yeah. So, Pump, pump your brakes before you, you say who I'm fighting. And I do have a say in this. I have to sign the contract for it.
0: Yep. Now, another thing, too, I was uh, reading an article earlier, uh, Tyron Woodley, I know we were just talking about uh, Maya um, supposedly fighting him next, but uh, he did say that Maya would probably have to, you know, be on hold if he could somehow get the um, a fight with GSP since the fight's canceled right now, but, um, how would you feel about that? Would you rather see Woodley and GSP get it on, or you still want to see Bisping being GSP first? Like, how would you, if, if you were in the ears of GSP, how would you approach him Well, what to do? Well, Woodley, Woodley GSP is a better fight.
1: Yeah. Uh, that is, that is, I don't think too many people would disagree there. Uh, if, if GSP is still anywhere near, uh, what he's been, the, the better fight is him versus Woodley. Uh, Woodley poses more of a challenge. Uh, this being, he, he's, he's a tough guy. He's going to stand in there. He's going to fight anybody, but, uh, as far as their styles go, GSP is not a tight, ty- he, he's a strategic fighter. He's not going to, Leave himself out there just for that lucky punch to land, like how, uh, Bisping got on Rockhold. uh, GSP learned that lesson, uh, the, the hard way, uh, early in his career where he lost the title from it. So that's not a normal mistake for him to make. Yeah. So I would, I would see him going in against Bisping and keeping the fight on the ground, which would be where he has an extreme advantage. So, uh, you know, it, I guess if I'm in his ear, the better fight for him to win is going against, uh, Bisping. But, uh, the, the better fight from the fan point of view is against Wood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely agree with you, man. Uh, just off of that. If just from a fan standpoint, I would love to see GSP and Willie get it on just because of them wrestling and Willie's knockout power. I think he just offers more to the table for GSP, but. Uh, so I would definitely want to see that one, but just from a career standpoint, GSP, I think he, the easier fight would be for him and this uh, either way with GSP, he's going to draw some crowd, draw a crowd and get some money. So, uh, financially, I think he's going to be set either way. For sure. Yeah. No, all right. right. Uh, that's what we're about to wrap up for UFC 211. Uh, just Ty, I know you watched it, man. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: No, I mean, y- you guys covered a lot of it. Um, I-, I guess just some quick takeaways for me. Uh, you know, J- JJ dominated her fight. Like uh, you said, Trey really got in there with those combos. Uh, espe- especially after, like, it-, it took her a minute to feel the fight, I-, I felt. Like, she got up to kind of a slow start. I uh, Was taken down a few times, but re- recovered well. Uh, you know, didn't let her opponent get the better of her on the ground. Um, uh, but yeah, she, I think at one point she landed like 30 more punches than her opponent. So she, she had complete domination of the fight. I, I, uh, you know, I feel like that's what I expected because I'd seen JJ fight before. Uh, I think I watched her get the belt the first time, I think. Uh, but you know, j- just typical dominating fashion. She, she has the right attitude. You know, she says she's not going to lose the belt. Uh, she, you know, has the attitude that she'll die with the belt. So, uh, you know, I expect to see a lot from her in the future moving forward. And then for the, the Miocic fight, uh, you know, Trey, you, you mentioned, you know, the kicks. How's he going to be able to keep up with that? Uh, just kind of an interesting, interesting take. You now I noticed he, he kind of squares up when he fights. He's a little more square as opposed to, uh, kind of getting that angle. Uh, so I felt like he kind of left himself. His Pen- left pencil open for quite a bit. But, you know, he, he, he had control of that fight as well. Um, you know, just landed, landed some, uh, some nice, some nice punches and just in the end got it, got the job done and got the job done quick. So, um, I know you, I know Trey, you, you like Miocic as a fighter. So, um, you know, when you guys say, you know, someone's worth watching or, you know, someone's a really good fighter, I have to take your word for it and you know, starting to see uh what you guys are talking about, a lot of it's starting to make sense. So Yeah.
0: Uh good stuff. Can't wait for two twelve. Yeah. Me too, man. I I'm I'm really excited for that. You just brought it up, my man Aldo. Uh so just that one I'm really excited. Uh Holloway's been talking trash. I wanna see that. Uh because last time a person's talked trash to Aldo he got knocked out quick, so I want to see how my man's going to be able to stand his ground up in that fight and do his job. So this is going to, that one particularly, I'm, I'm really going to be excited for to see my man, uh, finally get back in the ring, do his, hopefully do his work. So, but all right, guys, uh, well, just real quick, man, uh, came out, um, Anthony Rumble. He's investing in cannabis uses. So he is, that's what he's decided to do instead of being in the ring. Uh, just what were your thoughts on that when you heard that? Uh, I mean, I'm glad it put to rest all the rumors about him trying to
1: go to the NFL (laughs) and stuff like that. (laughs) Oh, man. But I I thought it was cool. I mean, he he doesn't have to pass any more drug tests since he's not fighting. not saying that he's definitely using what he's getting into, but uh, I think it sounds like a reasonable business, business decision for him, something that'll have him set for the rest of his his years. He he's made his money fighting and he seems to be pretty healthy. So
0: hey, care for him. Yeah, I Hope just he think, does well. Yeah, I agree, man. I think the cannabis uh business uh that's popping right now, uh it's gonna be getting better and better with this uh opportunity for more states to just approve for uh medicinal uses um but <laughs> Still want to see my man in the ring, knocking people's heads off, though. But um, you know, he's yeah, he did put the rest uh, for the whole NFL uh, career thing. So that was kind of good to see. I definitely cannot picture him in the NFL playing, but um, you know, just taking it easy, man. He's finding an adventure that he think he could be successful in. But you know, still again, man, I will still want to see him in that ring. Uh, it's definitely just surprising with just how. You know, he was in his prime. Uh, you know, if he was starting to slip, Father Tom was catching up to him. I could definitely see him doing that, but, uh, still think he had a lot to left left in the tank to offer. But, you know, he's doing his thing, man. I can't complain about that. All right. Up next, we're about to get into the NBA. Before we get into these playoff games, I was talk about the draft a little bit. They had the, uh, picks, uh, to find out what's the order for the draft. Uh, for the 2017 draft, just what was your thoughts on the uh, team's uh, just overall
1: ranking for the picks? I think I think we got a lot of what we expected. Uh, the Celtics still benefiting one of the most lopsided trades. Well, hindsight 2020, but lopsided trades of all time. They get the number one overall pick uh, thanks to the Brooklyn Nets taking three. Overaged players on their team about, what, five years ago now? Four years ago? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Boston Celtics playing in the Eastern Conference Finals get to add a big-time weapon. Uh, you know, could be scary. Uh, could be interesting to see if they potentially do something with the pick instead of actually draft a player. I'm sure they will, but there's a lot of, you know, speculation going around like what they could possibly get for trading the number one pick and but that's neither here nor there I think they'll keep the pick but that's just me Um uh, for me I think the most interesting thing was seeing where the Lakers fell uh, as much as we say we're sickle of our ball as much as you know the Lonzo things being overdone you know you still want to know what's going to happen And with with the Lakers getting number two I expect Lonzo to go number two I thought it would have been interesting if they fell at number four. Um, see if he would have slid that far in the draft. Uh, I don't think he would have, but it looks like the Lakers are going to get what they want. More importantly, LeVar Ball is going to get what he wants. Um, Sixers at three. Um, cool that, uh, they just get to draft again at the top and, you know, they'll, they'll get a, they'll get a star player. Um, you know, a lot of reports say they could go Josh Jackson. Uh, guess we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, then I believe we have Suns Four. Uh, am I correct there? Yep. Yeah. This Suns Four. Who, who's fifth? Sacramento. In Sacramento Five. Yeah, um, you know, Sacramento gets two lottery picks this year, which will be nice for them. You know, I don't think you can ever complain about getting two lottery picks, especially this year. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty deep draft. I think they're saying 15 or 16 freshmen can be taken in the first round. Like That's that's pretty incredible. So uh, the talent's deep this year in the draft. Uh, they should be able to pick up a couple nice pieces. Uh, but then the Phoenix Suns just get to add to an already very young roster. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they take. Uh, Devin Booker worked out real well for them last time they had pretty high picks so see if they can pick smart again and get another guy that can really help them moving forward uh, and then I guess I should mention pistons at 12 are our, our boys uh, not you I don't know uh yeah they they get the 12th pick I you know they had very very small chances of getting pick one two or three so for them to get you know the highest percentage uh, position, you know, I, I'm totally okay with it. I still think they'll get pretty good value at 12. Um, I know we're going to talk about who we'd like to, to see go, but uh, you know, uh, I really like where they're at at 12. I think that's a pretty solid spot. You don't have a ton of pressure picking in the top 5 or 10. Uh, they kind of slide a little bit outside of that, so I think they can they can make a pretty solid pick there at 12. Yeah, that It was kind of, uh, you know, things kind of fell close to the ping pong balls, which is a little odd, but, uh, still it's one for the conspiracy theorists. You know, you (laughs) got, you got the two, uh, most winningest franchises in the NBA picking one and two. Uh, so it's only so, so long before you start hearing that the NBA wanted them to be great again. So, (laughs) and, and this is the conspiracy to finally stop LeBron. Uh, Cleveland didn't get the number one pick, so I'm not, I'm not too into the conspiracy right you now. Know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, you, like I said, you got the Lakers that uh, they've been yeah. out of the playoffs for a few years now, and you know, you, you got Boston on the cusp, I guess you could say, They're in the Eastern Conference Finals, so. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure people are, are looking forward to getting some of those traditional powers back in the mix. Mm-hmm.
0: Now let me just ask you guys this. Um just looking at this draft class, how do you think this class compares to last year's? Uh way better. Way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um last year's class is just lucky Joel Embiid got to be considered a rookie still. <laughs> uh, but no, in all in all seriousness, this draft's um you're you could still be drafting starters. With picks in the twenties, late first round picks could be starters. Now, granted, anybody if you're drafted can be a starter. You know, chips fall right or whatever. You know, Draymond Green's a good example of that. Uh, second round pick starter. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I feel like you can pretty confidently draft somebody late in the first round and still get really good value for next year. And, uh, God, yeah, yeah. will make the roster be sitting on the bench consistently? Yeah, like I mean. With this, uh, draft pe- class, we'll have, like, once we get to rookie of the year conversations next year around this time, it's not going to be like, like, do we still just give it to him, even though he played past <laughs> <the> year? <laughs> or is there some, uh, some other name we can say? And we, we will actually be debating between the rookies and now uh, that's something. I
0: now, just looking at the, Top three teams, uh, the, uh, Celtics, Lakers, and, um, Philly, I believe, uh, like, where do you think, uh, who do you think they will end up, draft? Uh, we all think, go, go do we all where think,
2: do
1: we all think Fultz? For one? Yeah, do we think, do we think Fultz will go number one? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, I figured that would be the case. Yeah. I mean, You know, just seeing, you know, I don't know that the tape really shows the ceiling that Fultz can have. Um, You know, he's got a decent little highlight reel, but I mean, I think if you just look at, you know, his numbers, you know, you're looking at a guy who's, what was he, like 6'5", but has a wingspan of like 6'9", 6'10". You know, he'd be able to play two alongside uh Isaiah Thomas, then move Avery Bradley to the bench. And I think anybody with their head on straight knows that Avery Bradley's an undersized two who'd be, you know, way more suited for coming off the bench and being a lockdown defender. Uh, you know, being your sixth man. And I think he's way more fit for that role than he is starting. But, um, uh, I mean, I, I get it. You work for what you have, but, uh, I actually, like, I like Fultz. I think he, he has a lot of potential. I think we've yet to see the best out of him. Um, as opposed to someone like Lonzo, where, you know, you see him and we're like, he took the scene by storm. What if this is all we get? And granted, that's, that's the danger you have a draft, really
0: anybody. Yeah. yeah just real quick, uh, you know, agreed on Foss, but do you guys really feel as if he's the best player in the, um, draft? Or you just think with just circumstances, just with team needs, he's going to be number one or like, how do you, how do you feel about him? You think he's the best or what? He, he has one of the higher ceilings. Uh, I mean, I guess, like, I guess I
1: agree just he's the projected number one. Uh, I do think just based on need and also potential, uh, cause I, I think Boston needs to get a little bit taller. Uh, they, they have a smallish backcourt already. Yeah. Pulse doesn't really make them too much bigger. Uh, having a six five two 2 guard is know, crazy to say. It was actually on the short side nowadays. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be shocked if they take a look at Josh Jackson. Yeah. Uh, cause I mean, he's a wing player that could probably play the 2 or the 3. Uh, and, and he's a crazy athlete, uh, who also has a, a, high ceiling for himself. He's a good shooter. Uh would give uh Isaiah Thomas somebody to kick to, uh, with uh how he's usually slashed into the basket, uh and it might open up lanes for him. Uh but if they do take faults, on the other hand, this might be their insurance policy if they don't feel like paying uh Isaiah Thomas in a year or two when he's a free agent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I'd, I'd fall in line with that thinking. I think he's a pretty good security blanket. Yeah. Uh, if you want to look at it in terms of you know, necessity, what are you going to need two or three years down the road? I think Fultz would be a good pick for that. Uh, but I, I agree. You know, I've said it before: the NBA drafts about how high is your ceiling. Uh, that's what gets you drafted. And sure. uh, you know, granted, these kids are eighteen years old, nineteen years old. Uh, they're not. Fully grown, fully developed. Uh, you know, remember how skinny LeBron was coming into the NBA. Dude's a freight train compared to what he was. Yeah, uh, and you know, so we're, we're going to see these guys really grow over the next five years. And like really, even KD, he example.
0: was saying like some of them should uh, skip the combine because you know, just look at some of the hate that he was getting coming. Yeah, so
1: yeah, I mean, I
0: get it, but I feel like.
1: And I, and I guess this is a, a little bit of a different conversation, but you know, going to the combat, I feel like a, a, as much as you have, you know, a season's worth of film in, in college, like that's a great opportunity for a lot of these scouts to see you in a different setting. They, they figure out how coachable you really are. You know, every, every college coach is going to speak highly of their player. That gives you an opportunity to really see what these guys have. You know, granted, who cares what your shuttle time is or how fast you can slide around pylons? Like, I mean, I I get it. All that stuff tells these guys something. But I, I feel like going to the Combine doesn't really hurt you. Like it would in the NFL. I feel like the NFL combine can hurt you more than the NBA combine would. Um, I, I feel like the biggest part of the NBA combine is when they play five on five scrimmage. You know, uh, whether you want to go, whether you don't want to go, whatever, like at the end of the day, like, like I said, you have a season's worth of film on these kids. <laughs> um, so you know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, back to, back to Marco Foltz. Um, you know, he, he actually had a really quiet college season for being the projected number one pick. You know, you, you weren't hearing too much about him. He wasn't in the player of the year discussion.
0: Uh, you think some of that was because where he played, though?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Washington does not get... I don't yeah. even know if they had a televised game this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and not to his fault. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, just, it's just odd. Like... If you look at you know the last five years, number number one picks, you were watching those guys pretty consistently. Yeah, uh, you got really good looks on them, and and that's why I think a lot of people would be higher on someone like Alonzo Ball or Josh Jackson. It's just because we've seen them more. But I I think Bolts is just as high of a ceiling as any of them. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm all for him going number one. No problem. Uh, like Darnell said, he's the, he'd be a good insurance policy, good security blanket. Um, you play with two with the ability to handle the ball. I don't think any team would complain about a two guard that can handle the ball with a point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'd be, I think he'd be a pretty decent fit. It, it allowed them to shuffle their lineup a little bit more, yeah. which I think could benefit them. Um, but like Darnell said, they do need to get a bit bigger and he doesn't exactly solve that problem.
0: Yeah, so uh this go to number two, the Lakers is it basically a census ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think I'm with you guys here. Well and I and I think uh Magic Johnson coming out saying we're drafting Lonzo, not his dad would <laughs> basically tips that off that they want him, you know if any team that's going to draft him can draft the player, not the dad. So, to me, that's enough for them to say they, they're they interested, they want him. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of drawing comparison that Lonzo plays how Magic played. Um, kind of up and down the court, fast, finds cutters really well, passes well to score. Um, we'll so see that defense I wouldn't be
0: better, that. though.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... The one thing I'll have going for him though is his size. At six seven, yeah,
0: tall guy. Like yeah. he'll be
1: able to. Yeah, I think he'll be able to body up a lot of other guards. I, I think it'll be interesting way to see. Off. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if he tries to develop a post game. At six seven, you can really utilize that. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, maybe get a pointer or two from Chauncey Phillips or something. I don't know. Johnson's pretty good at it, but, uh, you know, but if it were me, honestly, I, w- I would be very, and hesitant isn't the right word, but I would be very careful about drafting Lonzo Ball, because you know Levar's going to have his voice heard, or want it to be heard, um, and it'll just be a distraction yeah. at the end of the day.
0: Well, yeah, I mean... There's interviews are going to happen and I'm pretty sure once, uh, once Magic and company get to talk
1: to Lonzo directly, I mean, I'm pretty sure that statement will be reiterated. Like, look, we are drafting you. Uh, your dad is welcome to post on Twitter and talk all the stuff he wants to talk. But as far as what's going to happen with the Lakers, he's not making any of those decisions. So are you okay with that? And, you know, they will. I'm assuming clear that up with them. And if, mm-hmm. if it if it comes down to where they don't feel comfortable, I mean, uh, all the talk is Paul George wants to go there, so pretty sure they wouldn't hesitate to package him in a deal and send him yeah to Indiana, which would probably make uh, LeVar Ball miserable.
0: So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I mean, it, it's getting into the big way game now, so. The is
1: probably gonna have to take a step or two back, but, you know, this, this is the match made in heaven. Coming from UCLA, I yeah. was a California kid. Yeah. I, I assume they make this and sorry, D'Angelo Russell, your days are probably numbered.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, man, uh, I do like Russell, but I was just reading it today. They could be looking to shop him, uh, Pretty soon and stuff like that. So, man, I, I would have loved to see Russell continue to stay in, uh, in L.A., but I was looking. Man, looks like the Lakers going to be going for ball. So, mm-hmm. guess that's Karma catching up him, catching up with him for uh, that Nick Young video. But get him out of there. But. Yeah. <laughs> now, who do you guys fit with? Think will fit well with the uh, Sixers.
1: Uh, I mean, I if if not taking one, I, I like Josh Jackson for him too, just because he's yeah, yeah, I agree. He can he can fit a lot of different positions, so he's mm-hmm. he's a plug and play for him. It just makes him that much more athletic.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, to get him and um Simmons because uh, you know with his injury, and then just with Embiid, if they could. Well, that would be just interesting to see how all that would just work out. So, Well, and also
1: remember here that we could have uh, Embiid at the 5, Simmons at the 4, 3, Jackson at the 2. Yeah. That could Maybe. be interesting. Um, and for some reason, a lot of – I've seen a lot of rumors swirling around that the Sixers will want to try and make a move on Kyle Lowry. Oh. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen that'll be, that. that'll it, be a nice starting five. I don't disagree. <laughs> um, you know, now granted, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, I'm not saying you heard it here first or anything. But I, I've I've really? seen a couple of reports that Yeah, something like that. But, you know, I I I've seen some things where it's like you know, they'll try and you know put their bid in. I I mean and to be fair, they don't have a point guard. Yeah. I mean, they have, um, what, TJ McConnell? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, you can do a lot better than TJ McConnell. Yeah. And, and I'm not even saying you have to go as far as Kyle Lowry to find better than TJ McConnell. <laughs> no, but, yeah. uh, but, you, you know, the thing is, you would still have Embiid on his rookie contract. You would have Simmons on his rookie contract. You'd have Sark on his rookie contract. Jackson's on his rookie contract. Which means, they have a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. So I they, they they could sign someone like that, but I don't know that Kyle Lowry's gonna want to go to Philly. Not
2: but you people.
1: No, no not at all. Um but I I guess back to back to the pick. Um you know I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Josh Jackson go there. It would give him a great opportunity to get his feet wet in the NBA. Um you know, just like Darnell said, he's very versatile. Uh, he can shoot. Um, I think his game is NBA ready. Uh, he'll need to grow a little bit. He'll need to beef up, but, uh, yeah, I, I, think he could go three. Uh, if, if he doesn't go there, I wouldn't be surprised if we somehow see like Jason Tatum slide up into that spot. Yeah. Uh, just because he, he'd be a, he'd be a bigger body, also the wing type player. Uh, not as good of a shooter. <clears throat> but, uh, but I think he could also fit the bill. Or, uh, maybe a De'Aaron Fox as a two.
2: Also I think that could be another interest. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I mean, really, at number, I, I feel like Philly at three kind of reaps the benefit of picking third. You know, it's pretty much written in stone who's going to go before them. So they, Nothing's gonna catch them off guard here. So I, I feel like this, this is a really good spot for Philly. It's not the pressure of a number one pick. I mean, granted, it's still a top three pick, but, um, I feel like that they basically have the whole entire board to choose from. It's not like, oh, well, Lonzo might fall. They, they know what's gonna happen. I think everybody knows what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, for me, those would be the three names I could see. I could see going there. I don't think we're going to get a surprise pick of three.
0: You agree with that, uh, everything you said, Darnell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: pretty much lacks up there.
0: All right. Now it's time for us to talk about them Detroit Pistons. Uh, who would you guys like to see them pick up, uh, with their 12th pick? Well, I think we- If he's, he's there, there, oh, go ahead. Oh, go
1: Oh, I was-, nah. I was saying, I, I, if, if he's there, I like, uh, Justin Jackson. We have, have a it. winner. <laughs> we have a winner. I agree. I, I completely agree. Uh, they need another shooter. Uh, Justin Jackson fits that bill. He plays defense. Uh, you know, he- he's good in transition. He can get- he can get to the rim. He has a nice little floater game. I just think he's a really solid fit. He's long. Uh, he'll beef up. Dude's a little thin for the NBA, but he'll beef up. Uh, I think he could play right away. I mean, I think he'd, he'd have a better impact right now than Stanley Johnson has. Um, you know, I, I think he could really fit the two-way player that Stan Van Gundy wants to find. Um, you know, with KCP being a free agent this year... Uh, I think they're gonna try and re-sign him, which would be smart. He was their best shooter last year. And if we could just add somebody else, that would be, that would be great. Um, I, I would really love it if we picked him. I've seen a few mock drafts saying they'd take Luke Kennard out of Duke. Uh, I would, I wouldn't be too big of a fan of that pick. Um, I mean, guy's a really good shooter, but I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I I just don't see it with him. Agreed. Uh, I mean, he he had a good, good season last year, I do. But yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm worried about how he transitions to the next level. But uh, going back to Jackson, one of the other big things I like is that he's one of the older kids in the draft. Yeah, Uh, that's the point, and that I think that would fit. Not having to worry as much about maturity issues, especially since that was the issue for the Pistons last year. Uh, yeah. so I was think getting somebody that's a little older might be better off for him, uh, a little less of a headache for SVG to work with. Yeah. You know, and I guess my last note, my last note on it is the Pistons get one pick this year. So I think Justin Jackson would give them the biggest, um, he'd give you the most value. Um, now, do I think it would be a little bit of a reach to draft him? Yeah. Uh, if Pistons had a little bit of a later pick, I think they could still get him. But with one pick, you take whoever you want when it's your pick. Um, and, you know, this isn't the NB, or this isn't the NFL draft. You're not going to trade down. You're not gonna do something like that. So I would say, you know, here, just take the pick that's gonna give you the most reward. Uh I, I personally think that's Justin Jackson. Um I would be a little disappointed if we don't take him and he's there. If he gets taken before us, then I'd need to reconsider. Mm-hmm. But if he's there and
0: we don't take him out I, I would I would be disappointed. Yeah. I agree. All right guys uh do you have any other statements before we talk about the playoffs?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a fun draft. I'll be I think it'll I think it'll be one of the funner NBA drafts in recent years. Yeah. Ma- and mainly because it's a lot of names we know. Um, we're not going to get a huge string of uh, international players this year, I don't think. Yeah. Um, we'll see we'll, we'll see a couple taken, don't get me wrong, but it's going to be full of names we know, a lot of big names. I think it'll be a fun day. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's start the whole playoff discussion. Uh, we're about to go right to, into San Antonio versus Golden State. Uh, do you guys feel us over, uh, with the whole Kawhi, in, uh, Kawhi Leonard injury or what? <laughs> I
1: mean, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, like, you don't want to just count Pop out. He's a, he's a very good coach. But, but, yeah, I mean, just seeing they they didn't believe in themselves, basically, in game two, and the old Satan ran him out to the gym. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I I feel Especially if, if we don't hear anything about Kawhi being able to, like, if he has to miss their game, for sure, they're done. But, yeah, it's... It, it's all but over, I guess I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I if, agree, if he uh, was to return
0: for, uh, game, uh, three, uh, how would you, you still think it would basically be a pretty, uh, pretty much I, a wrap for him? Yeah, I, I would,
1: I, I, I would say so. I mean, I, I just don't think he could fall down in a tool hole against okay. Golden state. I mean, at this point, you're looking to win, you're looking to win four of six. Uh, you'd probably have to force it to game seven. Um, I, I just don't see it. Um, I mean, Kawhi Leonard coming back, that ankle's still gonna be very, very tender, uh, very soft, prone to twisting again. Um, And they're just Golden State. I mean, I don't know how else to phrase it. Um, one of the best teams in NBA history. Um, but I just don't think you could fall down 2 nothing and expect to come back, especially if you don't have Kawhi. Yeah. Even falling down two zero, 0 if they had Kawhi, I, I don't know that it would matter. I mean, granted, I still think with Kawhi in Game 2, Golden State would have won it just wouldn't have been a 30-point blowout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, it just... It, it it spoke volumes to me that they still dropped the... blew a 23-point lead, even with Quack going down in game one. And just seeing that that could happen... uh I mean... Yes, I know Kawhi Leonard is an MVP candidate, but if, if he's that, uh, that needed for your team that you can keep hold to a, a 20 plus point lead that was still double digits pretty much in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, like halfway uh, in the third, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, and they still had chances to win the game even once they pretty much totally blew the lead. Uh, it's, it's hard to think that playing without him that they had any sort of a shot. And I think that sank into them. They showed it in game two. Uh, and how demoralizing that loss was. Like, I don't know how much of a lift they would even give to collide back. Uh, cause I mean, it, the, the defeatist feeling of it even made its way all the way up to, to pop, uh, which basically the rant he went on after game one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. basically tearing down Zaza, was like, dude, like, I get you're mad that he's hurt, but you were up 23. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you not play enough defense to hold on to that lead? You still have a roster full of NBA players. So come on. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, do you guys still feel, uh, Give Zaza Pachulia the uh, innocence uh, when it comes to uh, him injuring um, Hawaii in Game One. Uh, do you think he did, did still don't believe he did it on purpose or what? It's, it's hard it's to, tell. to tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean Bruce Bowen, uh, the king of you know putting his foot under the uh, players. Uh, he said he believed it was th- he did it intentionally. So
1: yeah so did so did. Uh Dylan Rose. Dylan Rose even says, "I did it to Kobe Bryant, and I knew I was going to do it to Kobe Bryant." <laughs> well, like, but that—that's the thing, though. That gives me brings me to a different point. Like, I mean, I don't know if it was intentional. Uh, it it yeah. was had. Uh, I do wish for I didn't get hurt and made for better game, uh, uh-huh. better game too. Hopefully, I would I would say, uh, but. Going back to Greg Pop was going so hard on Zaza about this when you had, uh, <laughs> the affirmation hey, yeah. player. Yeah. You had this guy that like did this all the time. Everybody thought he was a dirty player, but you said nothing about this guy. <laughs> and, and then, so, I mean, like, so, and, and, and the person, Who's wearing his jersey number that you unretired? By the way, how did Bruce Bowen's number get retired? He was not that good. Uh, that <laughs> to, to give a jersey to him, the Marcus Aldridge did the exact same thing in game two, uh, to Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had one of those bad closeouts where he had his left foot sticking out and luckily Durant landed on his back foot first so he didn't roll it, but. The exact same thing, and I don't hear a peep. I wish somebody would have asked, "Hey, Pop, did you happen to see uh that closeout from the market's Uh Did you do that on purpose, or
0: was it a dirty play? Yeah. Was that was that manslaughter?" Hey, you know, Pop, <laughs> man, he would have gave one of those short, crazy answers.
1: <laughs> I know,
0: but I mean, and, and, and he was not I'm like, "No, not, I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I mean, it's like I I love Pop, which I mean, he's like. As far as NBA coaches go, up, like, I think basically the only person you could say might be a better coach than him is Phil.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. So, well, I mean, so I, I have a high regard to him, but he was being a total hypocrite in that whole diatribe there. I mean, just look back at his history. It's like, dude, you
0: gotta you stick up for your players, that, man.
1: You stick up for your players to a point, <laughs> but. I mean, if, if if we can go show you, like, probably hours of videos of, of, of Bowen doing that. I mean, you got Bowen who, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you remember where he basically jump kicked Wally Zerbiak in a game? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back did. in his heyday. That's like, you got pe- you got a guy that was doing that. <laughs> you you want to get mad about a dude doing yeah. a bad closeout? out? Wally Zerbiak, yeah. Well, well, can, and I think here's one thing a lot of people aren't even thinking about. So we have we have Greg Popovich just carrying on about how this play has been outlawed by the NBA and all this and that. It's like they did call like it's not like the act went unpunished. A foul was called. I mean, I understand he probably wants a flagrant two and an ejection. Like okay. But like the foul was called like the reps did the right thing there. I mean, I, I under, I understand it wasn't to this, the punishment didn't fit the crime for pop, but, I mean, everybody's saying, oh, you know, Zazzopatulia just, you know, basically got away with manslaughter, you know, it's like, nah, not really. <laughs> and second of all, I get the example, but terrible comparison. Yeah, that's funny. Dude, listen, listen, listen down here, yeah, to killing somebody. Uh, how about like a, a kid throwing a baseball and didn't want to break a window? Like that's basically <laughs> what that equates to. Not, not murder versus manslaughter. Uh,
0: yeah. <clears throat> now, what do you guys think? You think this game ends in four, five, six, seven? What? How you? What do you think? The series.
1: I had the Spurs have some pride, so I'll, I'll give it five. Yeah, I'll I'll give it five as well. I think there'll be a game in San Antonio where Steph's just not hitting, uh, Clay isn't hitting. They may get thirty out of KD because he can get to the rim, but uh, I think there will be at least one game where Spurs just lock down defensively. Just kind of grind one out, win by four, six, something like that. Uh, fairly close game, but I'll, I'll give them one. So, five. Okay. All
0: right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for this particular series? Well, best of luck to Kawhi coming back. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, up next, we have the Cavs versus Boston. Uh, Cavs putting in work right now, man. Uh, you guys see this? Continue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another snoozer. All right. The <laughs> <laughs> playoffs has been a snooze, guys.
1: Huh? Yeah. It's... Yeah. That, I want to say four so bad, but once again, I think there will just be one game where they get a fourth quarter out of a Linux or something, and uh, Isaiah Thomas just goes off, and they get 25 out of Bradley. All these things that have happened one at a time for the Celtics will all happen at once. Uh, and it'll probably be like... I, I, it would have to be at home. It would have to be game two. Because it's definitely not happening tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think Cle- Cleveland just wants to be Golden State again. You can tell that's that's what they want. Um, but you know, just, just kind of interesting to think that this, this Cavalier team could have Andrew Bogan on it still. Like, I would love to have seen where they would be right now with Andrew Bogan. Yeah. Let's yeah. give him another rim protector. Uh, you know, another solid body down low. Uh, Grant and Tristan Thompson's having himself a pretty good game and he'll have himself a pretty good series, but, I, I thought it would have been real interesting to see where this team would would be if they still had voted. Yeah. Because Darren Williams is paying off for him. <clears throat> nice addition. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's definitely doing his thing with him, so. He's doing all he's asked to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm basically just like getting to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the NHL is a little more exciting. Yeah. Or, yeah.
0: A lot more exciting. Sorry. Now, do you guys feel as if, you know, the Cavs can, uh, it, they could somehow go back to the Cavs of the regular season where they kind of look a little bit sloppy, or you just think they're just in that groove right now where it's basically just going to be them and Golden State?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm still not calling them a great defensive or anything like that. But they, they've tightened up on the offense and there's just nobody, well I won't say nobody in the East that they've run into like a matchup with. They, they've gotten the, the better matchup for each series that they were going into. Uh, I thought, I thought Milwaukee would have gave them more trouble in Toronto. and I thought Washington would have more trouble in Boston. They avoided both because the, the matchups they had were bad matchups for them. So, uh you know, sometimes that's just a and draw. Like the season mm-hmm. where Golden State won their first title, they <laughs> they played a t- team with one of their best two players injured every round. So,
0: yeah,
1: sometimes you get lucky.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, like, yeah, just with Golden State, just kind of go back to them. Like, you kind of feel as if they kind of had an easy road because with Portland. Uh they had uh Nurkish, uh he's stepped up once he went to Portland and then, you know, with San Antonio, uh you had Hawaii uh getting hurt. So do he feels that the Wolves uh been pretty easy for them this year uh in the playoffs.
1: I mean they've they've been fortunate in that way, but they the way they're constructed, I basically expected them to run through everybody outside of the Spurs and uh, pretty much expecting sweeps. Uh they have so much firepower and they're really good defensively too. Yeah. So I guess I guess I look at them and it's playing out like I expect. I guess I had a higher bar, higher bar for Golden State versus Cleveland. Uh based on their regular season play. But uh I guess just, that's how it is right now. Yeah yeah completely agree. I, I expected Golden State to do what they're doing. Granted, we even expected Cleveland to do what they were doing or what they are doing, but I don't think we would have been surprised if somehow it didn't go that way. Uh, but we would have been surprised if it didn't go that way for Golden State. like we we had a longer leash with the Cavaliers because what well, we got out of the regular season, especially the end of the regular season. Yeah, uh, So I mean, has Golden State had an easy road? Yeah, but I think they would have had an easy road anyway. <laughs> just because, like Darnell said, they're that good. Both ends of the book.
0: All right, guys. Now, do you have any final statements just in terms of UFC, uh, NBA, or anything else?
1: Nope. Just, once again, get me to the finals so we can possibly get a competitive series. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll take just about anything else on TV right now. Um, I'll take hockey, UFC 212. I'll take anything right now other than these series. But, uh, yeah, get us the finals, the NBA draft.
0: Let's just get it moving. Yeah. (laughs) There you guys there. But, all right, guys, I appreciate you guys for checking us out. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud, just hit us up in that search engine. You can also check us out on Twitter at BKM underscore cast. Uh, just as always, man, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Y'all take care.
2: Peace.